Today, we've got one of the brightest minds in PPC join us, Mina Elias, and he holds nothing back with giving us his top strategies for PPC in 2022. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Did you know that just because you have a keyword in your listing, that does not mean that you are automatically guaranteed to be searchable, or as we say, indexed for that keyword. Well, how can you know what you are indexed for and not? You can actually use Helium 10's index checker to check any keywords you want. For more information, go to h10.me forward slash index checker. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the Amazon or Walmart world. Uh, we've got a guest back here with us today, Mina. Mina, how's it going? Amazing. It's uh, it's Tuesday already. Uh, feels like the week's already flying by. It is. It is. It is. I mean, this this year is flying by already. I mean, it's actually been like a a year and a half since you've been on the show. It's kind of uh, hard to believe. So um, I wanted to just like, you know, catch up with you, you know, see what you're doing. Uh, if you guys want to get I Mina's mean, entire backstory, it's actually pretty interesting. Um, we've had a couple of things where you can see his history. First, he was on a previous episode of the Serious Sellers podcast. And then he was also on a series that we called Elevate here uh, on YouTube that you can catch. So we won't go too much into his backstory this time uh, since you can go, you know, check out those two pieces of content. But this uh, today we're going to talk about, you know, all the things that have changed with PPC and and just, you know, kind of catch up with what you've been up to. So j let's just first of all, do some some catch up. Um, you know, you had that that really cool supplement brand. I, I used to remember, you know, ha having that, uh, you know, uh, sampling it out. It actually was a supplement that actually tasted good uh, at the same time as being good for you. Have you expanded that out uh, anymore or what's going on with your actual Amazon brand? So that's actually uh, started to take a, a backseat. So um, I think uh, our last time we, we spoke, a um, few months after that, uh, I was approached by a big aggregator. Um, so for those that don't know, aggregators are basically really big companies that are raising hundreds of millions of dollars and buying all these Amazon brands. And so they hit me up and they asked me to uh, build their in-house Amazon advertising team. So their PPC team. And so because I've been on so many podcasts and, and shared so much about PPC, they found me, they kind of interviewed me, uh, and then I submitted a proposal. And so they said, uh, we'll hire you uh, for now uh, to run one of our brands and test you against six other agencies. And if you do uh, perform better, then we're going to hire you for that project to build the in-house team. I said, that's fair enough. And they ended, I ended up beating out the six other agencies and they ended up hiring me uh, to build all of their systems and procedures and everything in terms of like PPC. And so at that point, I kind of uh, started getting a little bit more confident in myself. Uh, the fact that I'd be able to run PPC for other people pretty effectively. And I was always afraid of clients because I didn't want the headaches and all of this stuff. But I talked to more and more people and they were like, you know what? It, don't worry about it. The right clients are amazing. Uh, the wrong clients are the ones that give you a headache. So as long as you vet them well enough, you shouldn't have a problem. And so that's when I took on uh, one friend and then another friend and and, uh, and then it just kept expanding. And I really found my passion a lot more in PPC. I was already super passionate about it, talking about it. Um, I still love supplements and everything like that. But after doing um, you know PPC advertising for some people, um, it just felt like a a better fit for me. And so 
I still have the brand. It's probably, I would say, like 60% uh, the size that it was when we last spoke. Um, things are getting a lot tougher on Amazon. Um, I've had to you know, do a lot more supply chain. Things are getting expensive. And so since it hasn't been a focus and, and uh, the agency has been more of a focus, um, that's kind of the agency has grown a lot more. I've put a lot of my energy there. All of the team is now dedicated there. And then um, my brand just became a client uh, of the agency. Oh, okay. All right. You see, uh, I'm learning uh, all this stuff along with, with everybody else here. I didn't know about this. So th- that's interesting to me. So this this kind of like uh, test, as it were. So you and these six, five, six other agencies were you each given a, a different brand as your test or how did that work? Correct. Yeah, we were each given a brand. Um, and then basically they wanted to see like uh, the processes that each one would go to, the software, uh, how much control they have. And and uh, based on like a, a baseline, like let's say the last three months, the brand was doing 60000 a month. How much would you grow it over like three months? And so over three months, I think we were able to grow grow the brand like Nothing crazy, right? Maybe like 15% month on month. So 45% at the end of the three months, which is still, you know, uh, pretty significant uh, for just three months. And, and um, you know, I think they just like the way that uh, we did everything. We don't use software. We have uh, Excel. Like it makes it very hard to mess things up, right? Because you're not setting some things up and letting them run and then kind of blaming the software if things go wrong. Uh, we also operate a little bit differently as opposed to, having like an account manager, uh, it's like, uh, you get a, the full team, uh, partially. So it's like renting out, uh, the full team. So if I were to come and I wanted to do a podcast instead of like, uh, just talking to you, I would just rent out you and the entire team at like helium 10 for like an hour a week or something like that. So it kind of, it would work like that. So but that's, I think the difference that set us apart. Um, and then the transparency, uh, in the procedures and all that kind of stuff. And so they ended up just liking us. Plus the results were there. Okay. All right. Now, th- this uh, I imagine is maybe similar to how somebody listening to this episode who's already selling on Amazon, you know what? I need maybe a, a slight tweak or I need a reset of my PPC. So you were taking over like this account that was already existing. So mm-hmm. let's talk about your approach for, for this test. Because again, like I said, this is like maybe the same way that somebody who's been selling on Amazon, they're like, you know what? Uh, I want to grow 15%. You know, like I need to do something different. So what you took a look at what they were already doing i'm assuming on ppc what did you notice that this account was doing right and wrong um if you can remember at that time yeah totally so it, it's kind of uh, actually that started my my audit process it's now like a system that i have every single new client we audit them but basically um the first thing i look at is how they're like managing their portfolios and do they have like multiple products in a portfolio uh, and do they have like portfolios like done right. So usually uh, we like to say, okay, if you have a, one product, you have one portfolio, it makes things like easier uh, to look at. But also if you have multiple variations and you're going to advertise all of the variations together, put them all in the same portfolio. The next thing I'm looking at is um, the budgets. So uh, a lot of times I see people with 10 and 15 and $20 budgets. And then if you go a little bit deeper, they have, a, let's say, a $20 budget. And then they have three ad groups. And each ad group has 50 keywords. And their average cost per click is a dollar. So basically, you can only afford 30 clicks a day. And there's about 90 keywords in, in your campaign that that uh, can ma- like they can't even all get clicks one click a day. So uh, I noticed that that's something that inhibits people a lot. So the, the budgets is the first thing. Uh, if you have any campaigns that have a good good uh, return on ad spend or like a low ACOS, 
you should definitely scale the budget. Um, you know, why not, right? If, if it can spend more and, and for every dollar you get $4 back, do that. Then the next thing is I go into the ad, like into the campaign, look at the ad groups. Uh, when I first started on Amazon, people were saying you do like three ad groups, broad, phrase, and exact. Um, and I, I never understood why. I just kind of uh, followed. But then I realized that that was hurting me because... Um, you can't control the amount of money that goes into each of the ad groups. So the next thing is if I notice people have multiple ad groups in the campaign, you could have a $100 budget and like $80 could go to one, 20 could go to another, and then zero could go to the third. And you don't understand why. And so that's the next thing is like we identified, okay, let's look at all of the ad groups that are really not performing. Those ones, you think that you're advertising for those keywords, but you're actually not. You think you are, but Amazon's like sending the money somewhere else. And you'll notice like one of the ad groups is getting $30,000 a month in sales. The other one's getting 2000 and one is getting like 500. So that's where we're like, okay, like, like this is turn these off or let's turn everything off. That's not uh, spending money or getting enough impressions and let's relaunch them in their own campaigns. Um, and then the, th- the third level is again, uh, seeing that they have so many keywords in a campaign. Um, and then what I do is I, uh, I go into the ad group and I see that they have 67 keywords, 120 keywords, 300 keywords, and I sort by spend. And I notice that the first 10 are getting spend, uh, significant spend, like maybe over like five or $10 in 30 days. And the rest are getting nothing or maybe a dollar, $2, you know, one or two clicks in, in 30 days. So I'm like, okay, if you're getting one or two clicks in 30 days, you're not really advertising for that keyword. And so that's the next uh, area of opportunity. And so we'll turn everything off where they think they're advertising, but they're not really. Um, And then we relaunch them in their own campaigns, one campaign, one ad group, and then up to five keywords. We'll also sort the keywords by search volume. That's where Helium 10 has been amazing because um, you can really just uh, dump in a bunch of keywords and it'll tell you the search volume of all the keywords. Um, But we can like sort by search volume, because if you have a very high search volume keyword and a low search volume keyword, what I've noticed is that most of the spend will go to the high search volume keyword and nothing will go to the low. Now, uh, like speculation is probably because there's a higher chance that the higher search volume keyword will convert, even if it's a, at a lower, uh, a higher ACOS, so a lower profitability. And so Amazon will just send the budget there. So there's a much higher chance of you converting, even though that lower search volume keyword can convert at a very good ACOS. And so that's kind of what I noticed. So it was just these changes where you're advertising for, uh, let's say, a thousand keywords, but you're actually only truly advertising for 50 because you have all these other ones that are, you know, the ad groups with keywords that are not um, actually running and then the keywords inside the ad groups with uh, big lists that are not even running. So we fixed all that and and the budgets issue. So after we fixed all that, we started slowly, um, you know, we cleaned everything up. We didn't launch everything right away. We just turned everything off that wasn't even running. Um, we went in, we added negatives. So that's the next easy one. You go into the search term report, last 30 days, um, you should have like some sort of cap. Um, for me, it's one to one and a half times the cost per acquisition, target cost per acquisition. So if I have a $30 product and I'm willing to spend up to $10 max, uh, to get a sale, then up to like 12 and a half to $15, I'm willing to spend on one keyword. And if it doesn't convert, I'm just adding it as a negative or, it, mm-hmm. you know, if it's exact, I'll just keep lowering the bid. But if it's not, if it's auto broader phrase, I'll add it as a negative. So went in the search term report, identified all those keywords. Um, and I'm like, okay, it's spent $15. It's not like when it's spent 16 or 17, then it's going to become profitable. It's just, it's losing me money. So I take all those and add them as negatives. And so that cleans up a lot of spend, maybe 
let's say you're spending 5,000 and you're making uh, 15,000 in sales. Now we're spending, you know, two and a half thousand or 2,000 and making that same amount in sales. Um, and so there's, there we just got our profitability. And then we took all of those keywords and then we slowly started launching them. And over time, we were able to find more and more and more profitable search terms uh, and keywords and product targets that we were targeting. Um, and then we had like tight control on like, if this didn't perform, we're adding it as a negative. If it's an auto broader phrase, or if this didn't perform as an exact, we're just going to lower the bids uh, pretty quickly to make sure that we minimize the damage. And so that's kind of the the step-by-step if you're looking at your account. So I remember, you know, the last episode, you know, the, the kind of like big takeaway or, or the un- the most unique thing that you were doing, you're doing a lot of unique things, but uh, you had um, three products at the time and you had like 1000 campaigns and it was, uh, you know, partly in fact, due to that, that five target limit that you would put on the campaign. So is that still kind of like, could you get, you know, like still hundreds of campaigns, you know, per a product due to that, that, that cap that you're doing? Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, it's still going to be a really large number uh, because of like uh, that thing, right? Where it's like you're you're probably going to max out at five keywords per campaign. Uh, And so if you're uh, like a supplement brand, there's thousands of keywords or, you know, at least hundreds of keywords that are all going to convert. And so even if you have 500 keywords, five, that's 100 uh, campaigns, uh, you know, right away. And so... um, you know, in that case, we have to keep launching. The goal, like the analogy I always use is it's like if you're going fishing and you don't know uh, which bait is going to work for this fish. So you throw like 10 in the water and then like two of them work and then eight of them don't work. So you pull out the eight and then the two that work, you figure out like what kind of bait is this? You throw another 10 like similar bait and then another two work and then another eight don't work. So you take out the eight that don't work. And so now you have four active baits that are working and you just keep doing this process again and again and again until you get to a point where you know you have 100 bait that's working so you test 10 new ones and you get two more and now you have 102 and eight that didn't work yeah. and you pull them out so now is it um is it still you know auto broad exact you, you're doing phrase at all um yeah, all match that? types yeah so all match types the thing with match types it's it's um People like think that it has a meaning other, the only meaning that a match type has, it's like a a combination. It's like you bought like a variety pack. So when you do a a keyword that's broad, you you bought the broad variety pack. If it's phrase, it's the phrase variety pack. It's just in broad, it's like 50 different keywords that you're advertising for. And Amazon's going to shuffle through them uh, based on whatever it thinks. And then you're going to get data later on that says, Hey, you know, 10 of these keywords were worked really well. The other 40 were like, eh, you know, and then you start adding negatives and, and cleaning them up until you're left with a, a broad keyword that has all stuff that works and anything that doesn't work, you've negative it out. And then you can take the stuff that works and then launch it in more campaigns if it's unique and you're not already targeting it. So same with phrase, except phrase is like a smaller variety pack. It's like a 20 piece variety pack. Broad is like a 50 piece. And then exact is just like a one thing. And so... That's the only difference. Uh, there's nothing deeper. There's no reason to do broad and exact and not phrase because literally all you're doing is just when you launch broad, you're launching uh, one keyword that represents 50 different keywords. And then a week later, you're going to look in the search term report and you're going to get the data on those 50 different keywords. Some of them will be good. Some of them will not. That's it. Okay. Now, I think it's kind of self-explanatory how you get to the different exact campaigns. You know, you've got your broad, you've got your auto, you've got your phrase, you know, finding words. What's, you know, you told us what your negative threshold is, you know, as far as when you negative something, what's the positive threshold? Like what makes you take something from the other one 
uh, and put it into the exact. Uh, is it a, the number of conversions? Is it the number of conversions plus what the A cost is? How, how are you deciding that? So uh, a lot of people, I think, um, consider like if a keyword converts two times or three times, that means it's definitely a good keyword and it's going to convert in other match types. I have a different philosophy. If it converts once to me, it means that there's a signal that there's a possibility that it can convert in the future, but there's no guarantee. And so for me, the threshold is one. And generally, obviously, it's going to depend on like how profitable the product is. So for my products, um, uh, it's anywhere between uh, one to 20% ACOS. So in the search term report, I'm going to show me everything that has a one to 20% ACOS and one conversion. I'm going to take those keywords out and I'm going to identify which one of them are unique in each match type. So let's say uh, unflavored electrolyte powder, I'm targeting in broad and phrase, but not in exact. So I'll launch it in exact. Or uh, sugar-free electrolyte powder, I'm target in exact, but not broad or phrase. So I'll launch it in broad and I'll launch it in phrase. So I'm looking at those keywords, those search terms that converted uh, profitably. Uh, what match types are they not in already? What match types are they unique in? And I'm going to test them all. And this does not guarantee that they're going to convert profitably. They could all not convert at all. Um, I base everything on the data. So you have to show me that there is data uh, in whatever match type that it converted. And that's why when people were saying, you know, uh, if you find something in the auto campaign, extract it, launch it in exact and negative it in auto. And I said, that's operating under a huge assumption that it is 100% going to work in exact, and then you're going to yeah. cut off your income from, from auto. So don't do that. And so that's kind of, I'm, I, I follow the same structure yeah. with any any search term. Don't negative it out. Just launch it in, a, in which, whatever match types it's unique in. Okay. Now, you know, you, you talked about having, you know, all these campaigns and that you're not using software. Now, obviously me, if I'm using Helium 10 Atomic, you know, sure, uh, I could have 200 campaigns and, and I could see all, all all these different things. And it's, you know, I just do a couple clicks and, and all, it all happens. Actually, me personally, I've never used Atomic Automation. I, I, I'm just one of those control mm-hmm. kind of people where like I like to be able to say yes or no. And I don't want to have to blame software for, for a, a software glitch or maybe Amazon had a had an error. But, you know, that's just me. You know, I know n- uh, most people uh, use it and, and they're totally fine with it. But me, I'm just a control freak. But you, you take it to another level. You're like, hey, I'm not even going to use software. But I'm just wondering, like, how in the world do you manually make all these updates? Like, you got one product, 300 campaigns, and yeah, of course, you, you can download all the stuff to Excel and, and use your pivot tables and you see which ones. But then are you – you have, like, 200 adjustments you have to make. You have one of your staff one by one entering those into to Amazon or using bulk uh, edits? Bulk how does that even work? Yes. So everyone on my team is required to be able to do everything manually. So – um if, if one day I say, guys, like the, our macros outdated, like what happened last week when the Amazon updated the bulk sheet formula. So our macro was no longer working and we had to kind of do, do everything manually. So every everyone in the team has to do things manually. Now, the reason that I don't use software, I'm not like Atomic is a great software. I've looked at it. Now, I'm also responsible for other people's accounts. And at the same time, I can't guarantee that no one in my team is, is going to kind of maybe one day get a little bit lazy and say, you know what, I'm tired. Like I just fought with uh, my mom or my girlfriend. Like I'm just going to do like a bulk thing like this. So th- that's like where my level of control comes from. Um, automation, I'm, I'm definitely against because um, it, you have to always, uh, it's like a feedback loop. You do something last week, you look at the changes. If that 
didn't work, then you, you have to adjust it or that it's, it's never going to work perfectly. It's always going to work to a certain extent. So you always have to be adjusting. So there's no point in that automation criteria, the way that our, our team does it, everyone needs to be able to do it manually. So if they have to spend some time doing 200 adjustments, they, first of all, we sort everything, we color coded, this is profitable. This is not profitable. This needs to raise, this needs to lower. And then you go in and you like look at things and you update 200 updates will take you not more than 15 minutes. So it's totally fine, right? It's not a big deal. It's Excel. And then you upload it to Excel, uh, back to Amazon in an Excel file. So it's totally fine to do it like that. We also have one step further, which is a, a macro. And so the macro uh, is just, you put in all of your criteria. So between zero to 10% ACOS, do this. Between 10 to 15, do that. Um, if it has like, uh, if it's driven more than 10% of the sales, do this, whatever. And then it, the macro color codes everything, highlights everything does the, the whatever you ask it to do based on the criteria and then you kind of get it and you have the final say you have to review and say okay this looks good this looks good this is not good change it a little bit override this uh, oh this is a ranking campaign i don't care if the ACOS is 150 percent it doesn't matter we're trying to rank organically and then you upload it to amazon so that's how we operate um it's i mean yeah like uh, i'm not trying to have 15 20 clients per uh employee that's not the goal I, I can scale the number of employees uh that's fine but if i have everything tight uh and i know i'm delivering a, a you know good job then you know we're good yeah okay so um you know uh, i know now your strategy about how you discover uh, exact uh, targets or, or even how you populate some of the broader phrase, you know, something converts in auto, you're not just putting it directly to, to exact, you're also putting it into the broader phrase. What about when it's an ASIN um, conversion in an auto campaign? Are you putting it in the product targeting campaign and like a sponsor display campaign right away? Or is it only going into the product targeting campaign? Only product targeting for now. Uh, the the thing with sponsored uh, brands and display and and um, you know any of the different types that are not the sponsored products is that there's an ability for someone to click twice. So you know Bradley could type in electrolyte powder, go in, um, click on like a liquid IV, find my product, click on my product, and then find my product again is a display ad, and then click on my product again. And so it's the same person who who pay twice. Uh, fundamentally. My goal from PPC is to drive traffic as cheap as possible. So um, every session needs to be in the most cost-effective way. Um, and if you click twice, that means you just spend twice. So it doesn't mean that I won't use it, but I have to be very, very careful. When I do use it, I have to launch it on its own uh, and wait and watch like for a week or two weeks what happens. If my cost per session starts going up, that means that it's the same people that are clicking. So there's no point in having that ad because it's it's capturing the same people. You know, the same way like DSP people mm -hmm. like will, will run DSP and then you're like, well, the retargeting captured everyone that was already going to convert. And so you're just spending an extra couple thousand a month for no reason. Same thing with this. So uh, I learned that when I launched video for uh, a client once and um, they said, we want video, we want video. I said, we have to be careful. We launched a bunch of video. The video uh, ACOS was beautiful, like 15% or whatever. It was getting a lot of sales, but all of the sponsor products, uh, ACOS like went really bad. And they kept saying, you need to optimize, you need to optimize the sponsor product. I said, I don't think the issue is, is in the sponsor product. I think it's in the video. And then finally I said, listen, just, you know, uh, listen to me and like, you'll see if I'm right or wrong. And I turned off all the video and then everything went back to normal. And it, and we just realized that we were spending a lot of extra money for no reason, because it was the same people who clicked on the sponsor product ads were also clicking on the video ads. So 
the the PPC didn't get us what we wanted to, which is new people, you know, which is the whole point of okay. running like a second type of ad. Now, uh, you mentioned video. Um, I, I'm just like, uh, it's too early in the morning. I can't think, but I, I remember before, wasn't it like sponsored video ads where it doesn't actually tell you the exact search term that converts or uh, am I getting confused here? Uh, I'm not sure, but we we do one keyword per campaign. So uh, for video, so we always can figure out what what the keyword is because ah, okay. we only have one in there. Yeah. Okay. That 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 well that there's 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 the way uh, around that. Cool. What are you using as far as all of the new metrics that Amazon is giving in sponsored advertising since the, a year and a half ago? There's just so much more visibility. It seems that Amazon is giving you on things that maybe previously were maybe only for vendors, you know, had access to this kind of things. But now we even the smallest seller has access to, to different things, whether it's top of search or, or just all these different uh, ways that you can kind of gauge how you're doing. What are the, the top ones that you have found uh, most helpful to, to running your campaigns? Um, so, so here's the main metrics that I uh, use. So, um, you know, obviously PPC spend, uh, PPC sales and total sales, that's a, a given. Uh, sessions is a huge one. The whole purpose of, of using PPC is to get more sessions. And so I'm always tracking my change in PPC spend versus my change in sessions. Are they growing at the same rate? If they're not, then my, my PPC is not running efficiently. Then I have a, a, a calculation, which is uh, uh, session uh, or PPC spend divided by sessions, which will give me the cost of each session. So that's kind of the metric that tells me how expensive my traffic is. If, if that number is creeping up, it just means I'm maybe overspending on, on PPC or CPCs are going up um, or, uh, you know, I'm, I'm using like video or whatever. Uh, and now it's like the same people cooking twice. Uh, so that's a, another important metric. Uh, then I'm, I'm um, you know, tracking conversion rate, of course. Uh, the other metrics are basically just to calculate profit. Uh, and then uh, I do a, um, a cost uh, uh, per acquisition, which is going to be uh, the PPC spend divided by the number of units, which is going to tell total units, which is going to tell me blended between uh, organic and PPC, how much I'm paying for each conversion. That number needs to constantly keep going down. Um, and then the, the two ways to make it uh, improve is to have better PPC. Uh, so spending less um, or uh, launching more keywords that are profitable. And the second one is ranking organically. So the more that you rank organically, the lower it's going to be. Also, if you improve your conversion rate, it's going to be better. Now, the only uh, new metric that I uh, like to use sometimes is the top of search impression share. And for, uh, I'll look at two, the two metrics, top of search impression share, and then uh, on, on that placement in top of search, uh, what my ROAS is. So when I notice that I have a really good uh, ROAS uh, at the top of search, um, one of the things that you could do is is increase the bids by placement, right? So I'll look at my top of search impression share. If my top of search impression share is like low, not like 50 or 60, that is a huge signal that there's a lot of room for growth in that uh, placement. So I'll increase the placements uh, significantly to win there because I know that the more I show up there, uh, the more I'm going to win. So that's been the only new one uh, that I've really used. But those are kind of the main metrics that drive um, all of my analytics. Okay. Um, now, the last time we talked, uh, I had asked you about um, your your launch strategy. And now at the time, you were you were just actually launching your, your um, I looked it up here, your, your Energizer uh, product. And you had mm -hmm. mentioned about how your, your strategy was that, hey, you're going to start with four auto campaigns 
and and that was interesting in itself. You know, uh, you know, having four different auto campaigns and just focusing on that. You know, the close match and and loose match and for for each one. So, um, are you still using that method for launch using those different auto campaigns and just in general, what is your launch strategy now? Because now you know, back in the day, like there was a good number of people who were using PPC only as launch, but now it's almost like everybody because you know you're not supposed to do uh, search find buy and, and two step URLs and and things like that anymore. So I think people are are looking for more PPC related strategies as far as launching new products. Yeah, uh, so the strategy, the four auto campaign strategy is great. It's still the same. Uh, it's it's I think it's you have to do it because when you mix the auto campaigns together, you just you're inhibiting the growth of, of the different ones because it seems like it always just focuses on one like, like yeah. what, one of them is the one that gets all the, the spend like one type. Yeah, yeah. And it's happened. And then um, then when you try and scale the budget, then you start seeing that the loose match is the one that's like, you know, the bad one is getting more spend. And you're like, no, I wanted the good one to get the more spend. So um, for auto campaigns. Uh, for the keywords that we want to rank, so I now always look at what are the, the top keywords that I want to rank. Um, there's Helium 10. You know, I've shared this uh, with, with Vince uh, you know, on Tacos Tuesday as well. Um, but basically, like you can look at the keywords that you want to rank for organically. You can also do Data Dive, which is uh, uh, Brandon Young's thing based on Helium 10. And you can look at where all of your competition is ranking uh, very high organically. And so those keywords, I'll do uh, one keyword per campaign, broad, phrase, and exact. I'll put them in keyword tracker and I'll monitor their organic ranking. The main goal is not to be profitable on those keywords that I'm ranking for. It's just to increase the organic rank. And then once they're high organic rank, we'll kind of uh, lower the bids to get to somewhere that's like uh, reasonable, you know, where the finances will uh, support. And then okay. uh, from there, I'm, I'm getting everything that I'm not trying to like significantly rank for organically and doing five keywords per campaign, broad phrase and exact. I'm usually targeting around 50 keywords total. Um, and then I'm also doing um, newest arrivals. So I'm targeting all of my com my uh, newest arrival competitors. You can type in a keyword in the search on Amazon. And on the top right, it, its default is featured, sort by featured. You can sort by newest arrivals and you can see all of the new uh, ASINs mm. that are in their honeymoon period and, and Amazon's probably going to show them in all of these different places. They might have like an auto campaign that's running um, and that, but they have zero reviews and I'm assuming that we're better than, than that, right? We're going to have a few reviews right off the bat and I'm targeting all of those. Those are usually like low hanging fruit. Um, and then obviously I'm going to do everything to protect my brand name. Uh, but that's, that's kind of the, the launch strategy. Uh, the goal is to, to go to build velocity in the first, 30 to 60 days. And so um, I actually launched my girlfriend's brand. Um, it's, a, it's a feminine uh, health brand. And we went from zero to 100 units a day uh, in the first uh, like 14 days. And then we, we sold out uh, of like a thousand units or, or so in like three weeks. And then, you know, we had to restock and, and do it again. And, and, and the conversion rate was significantly high. Click-through rate was high. And I, I don't think it's by accident. I think it's because of the honeymoon phase. And I've said so many times, like, uh, with the Energizer, I didn't launch it as strong as I wanted to launch it. Uh, I launched it with a lot of reviews, but not enough uh, spend and, and traction. Um, also, uh, this uh, that product was a little bit of like a, you didn't know if it was an electrolyte and, or you didn't know if it was a, a pre-workout. And so that, that was also a, a fundamental issue there um, that I didn't really follow. Uh, like, you know, if someone is searching for a product, what's what's the keyword for energizer right it's uh, no one is really searching for electrolytes with energy um so that was a mistake that i did but when i did hers 
we spent a lot of money. We spent about twenty thousand uh, dollars in PPC, um, but then we we sold about like uh, you know forty thousand dollars or so in the first three weeks, uh, and then went out of stock. But um, that velocity was, I think, was able to uh, get really high because of uh, mainly because of like the honeymoon period. Yeah, I've noticed too. You know, when, when I've talked about you know the the Maldives honeymoon strategy, it's not just about your keywords and your launch, but the honeymoon period. Like Amazon is very generous. It's it seems with with your PPC impressions as well. Um, that you know maybe on a uh, you know mature mature product, you're not going to see you know these kind of these kind of numbers. So that's, that's it was the highest click through rate. Uh, like her her conversion rate was about fifty five. Uh, percent right off the bat with zero reviews and her click-through rate was the highest click-through rate I've ever seen which was over one percent um, you know with with again with zero reviews which m- means like the impressions really um, were significant like now my, my for me I consider like a really good click-through rate to be a half a percent uh, based on like everything that I've seen so when you have zero reviews and your click-through rates that high it just shows you that Amazon is really giving you a chance yeah so um that's you know that's that's a pretty significant investment then. So you you talked about how you went through forty thousand dollars worth of product. So you know I'm assuming your your cost on that was you know at least ten thousand dollars or something. And then yeah. you spent twenty thousand dollars. So you, you know for for this kind of aggressive launch, you, you've got to have a a couple dollars uh, saved up. You know for this. Yeah, and and, and um, you know obviously not everyone has to do this, but I've done it uh, like a bunch of times, and I really mm-hmm. have realized like the times that I go in hard. Uh, a lot of budget, you know, spending a lot of money on a product, it really works out. I um, also partnered in a coffee brand, and and um, I run the ads there. And we went in spending uh, five hundred to a thousand dollars a day uh, in ads, wow. and and uh, in like less than two months, we the product is doing eighty five thousand a month in sales. And so, you know, it's it's things like that where I've seen that end of things, and I've seen my end of things where it's just like I launched like blue Raz and mango very conservatively because I didn't have that much money. Uh, and then energizer again, like, you know, maybe I was spending like a hundred bucks a day on it. And so after doing like both ends, I obviously wanted the, the highest chance of success. So I was willing to kind of put, put up the money, uh, spend that kind of money to, to be really successful. Okay. Now at your agency, are you guys just strictly PPC or do you ever handle other aspects of the of the business so mainly ppc and dsp uh we also do uh seo optimization so title bullet points um you know because i feel like it really really influences um for creative and things like that we like we have very strong partners they have studios and things like that that you know we can just refer out to but I, I want to be the best at one thing. Uh, I maybe maybe not now is the time to be a generous, but I think once I become like the best at PPC, the best and the biggest, um, then I can kind of like uh, say, okay, let's open it up to some other things. Okay, cool. Now, um, you know, switching gears a little bit. You know, I know uh, networking is kind of an important uh, aspect of uh, you know to you. You know, you organize events for the longest time. You know, here in here in California and, and you attend a lot of events. Talk a little bit about that, like why why that's uh, important to you and what kind of benefits you've seen from, from networking with other sellers. So this honestly all started in March of 2019. It was about four months into when I first launched my Amazon product. And I, I, um, 
I didn't know anything. I was so lost. I was in the groups and I was in on YouTube and every, like I was completely obsessed with Amazon every single day. I was like living and breathing, like in the Facebook groups and just, and every day was something different, right? Like someone would say, Oh no, like you shouldn't have a budget of more than like $50 or, and then this person would say, Oh, you should put at least 300 keywords in a campaign, stuff like that. And so I never really knew what was right and what was wrong. Um, and, but I really wanted to succeed. Like I, I was very desperate at the time and I wanted to get out of my nine to five job uh, because I was just very kind of unhappy. And so a friend who works at the company that manages all of uh, Barbara from Shark Tank's uh, products on Amazon, uh, she said, hey, by the way, like, uh, I mean, we had dinner and I was asking all these questions. She's like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. She's like, actually, you should uh, go to this conference. Um, it's it's hosted by by uh, CPC Strategy at the time. They're now called Tenuity um, in New York City. Uh, you're going to benefit a lot. And it was $300. And to me, I had to miss a day of work and spend $300, which is a huge thing. Like I wasn't even buying like $300 concert tickets and stuff like that, you know? <laughs> so uh, to me, like uh, it, it was a huge investment at the time. But I said, you know what? Like it's worth it. Um, I called out of work sick. Uh, and I went, um, I, I uh, went to uh, like uh, the conference and in that conference, I spent like 16 hours, uh, eight hours, two days uh, at least, you know, and, and sucking the information dry from people. And I would just like one person after the next, I like, I asked every question and then I would just, I, I didn't have any shame, right? Like if I would see someone, I would like finish a conversation. And then I knew that that person talked about uh, like enhanced brand content and I would go walk up. To that person say, hey, I loved your talk, blah, blah, blah. Tell me more about uh, enhanced brand content. Like, how do I do this? And so I got like for $300, uh, I got 16 hours worth of consultations. And, and it really gave me the confidence that like, you know, I could do this. Like the, the, the stuff that this, these people were sharing wasn't crazy. Everyone there that had a million dollar, $10 million uh, brand wasn't anything special. So, you know, I, I, they didn't come from, from money. They didn't, um, they didn't have anything that I didn't have. They just uh, never quit. They never gave up. They just kept looking for the answer and they kept solving, uh, problems. And so ever since then, like that's really energized me and I've had a huge, huge, uh, benefit from attending events. Uh, and so when I came to LA and I noticed that there was no meetup group, I decided to start my own, uh, for two reasons. Number one, because I wish that like that I could attract those like very smart people. And, and we really did. I, you know, the LA group brings in a lot of like very smart, successful sellers. And then at the same time, I wanted to create something where I could give back eventually. Um, you know, because at that time I was full time in my Amazon business and I was like, you know, if, if uh, little Mina didn't have the New York city uh, meetup group and didn't have that conference, like I would probably still be a, a little bit lost. And so, um, yeah. it was, that was another thing. And then the final thing is like now having the agency, it's obviously uh, huge for brand awareness and, and, uh, you're constantly meeting people. Um, you're, you're staying active. People are recognizing you. They know you're legit. Um, and, and then honestly, like, um, this is this, like events are my, like my fun. Like I don't, I don't really travel that much for fun. Um, if I'm at prosper in Vegas, I'll spend an extra day. Uh, we'll do something fun. You know, if I'm okay, going cool. to, to ETL in Palm Springs, I'll take an extra day and we'll like hang out by the pool. But, um, yeah. that's, that's, I, I love, I love this. Like uh, my, my work and my life are like the same thing. I love it. I love it. Now, you know, you've been giving us strategies throughout this episode, but it's time for our, um, maybe one or two of our, 
our 30 second tips, our TST. So what's something, uh, I would assume that we'd want to keep it to PPC, but it could be about anything that you, uh, you want, but, uh, what's a couple different 30 second tips that, that you think people can, uh, use as a, a strategy for some quick wins. Okay, so the first one is if you don't have like a really good analytics, you're blind. Um, and so this is what I do. I have a daily for seven days in seven days chunks. Um, PPC spend, PPC sales, total sales, uh, units, sessions, uh, cost per session, click-through rate, conversion rate, cost per click, uh, and then sale price, Amazon fees, cost of goods, uh, and then the profit. And so you can calculate all of those. And then at the end of the seven day period, calculate the total and then do another seven of them. And then at the end, then calculate the total and then start noticing uh, the, the, the changes week on week. And so if on Monday you made optimizations, uh, then you wait a week and you look at the new total and your PPC spend goes up, but your sessions don't go up, then understand that what the effect of those optimizations are. So once you have um, your analytics built like that, and, and I can obviously share my sheet and you can just like duplicate it. But once you have it built like that, it's so easy to see week on week the change because so many people will just say, okay, your PPC spend was $100, your, your PPC sales was $500. Is that good or bad? No idea. But good or bad is always dependent on, okay, what was it before? So if it was $500 PPC spend and 500 sales, and now it's 100 and 500, that's amazing. And so that's, it's great to always benchmark, uh, you know, what you're doing in the previous weeks and then see, okay, what's new this week. So now your PPC spend went up, everything looks good. Okay. Let's do a few more optimizations. And then you notice the new total uh, a week later. And, and so that's how, that's one of like the biggest game changers for me. Okay. You have another one for us? Yeah, so I think I think uh, um, conversion rate optimization is something that not a lot of people do. Um, PPC is like uh, 50-50, right? So it's like half of it is driving traffic, but the other half you have to convert. And so having a strategy to constantly test, um, you know, your conversion rate is a very important through images, through your title, through your bullet points, description, uh, enhanced brand content, coupons, lightning deals, all of that kind of stuff. Um, so what I do is I have a change log. And in the change log, I have uh, the, the what field I'm changing, uh, the old value, the new value, and then the, the conversion rate and the, and the click-through rate at that time of the change. And so I'm constantly um, testing different things. Uh, one thing that really helped uh, two, two, two different uh, platforms is uh, PicFu and RankBell, actually. RankBell's new service is incredible. But basically, like to RankBell, you could submit your listing and what the, they'll give it out to random shoppers on Amazon and say, what, would you buy this? Why wouldn't you buy this? And, and so to you, like, this is your baby. You're like, my baby's perfect. I'm like, actually, it's not perfect. I wouldn't buy this because you claim that it's like uh, FDA approved, but like that sounds fake. You claim that uh, this is like not going to break ever, um, but that sounds like, you know, things like that, that that can block people. Or you can also submit your listing and three other people's listing and say, which one would you buy and why? And then they'll give you live like video feedback and, and saying like, I would buy this one because the color pops up more. And so you can identify all of these now new factors to split test. And then having that change log, you can then split test the factors. Uh, use PicFu, for example, to say, is the old uh, uh, is the new better than the old? If they say yes, then you try it on Amazon. And then if you get the new values of conversion rate, you get the new values of the click-through rate. And if it's better, then now you have a good change. And, and, and conversion rate optimization shouldn't be like, hey, I, I paid a guy $2,000, he made a nice listing, and then it's going to stay that listing forever. It's a, it's a continuous process. You're continuously tweaking your PPC. You're continuously uh, trying to improve and get a better conversion rate and a better click-through rate um, through your uh, listing. 
Okay, excellent. Now, you know, I know people can can reach you. They can find your contact information in the, our uh, Helium 10 directory, directory.helium10.com. But uh, what are some other ways that people can find you guys uh, on the interwebs out there? So Mina Elias on uh, Facebook and LinkedIn. Um, triviumco.com is the is the website. So if you go on there and if you want me to, like, take a look at your account and do like an, an audit. I'm happy to do that. Um, and also um, Instagram at Egyptian underscore prescription underscore Alliance. Um, so those are the, you know, I'm very accessible. So just find me. If you find me on Facebook, don't add me as a friend, send me a message. Uh, I have so many friend requests. I have no idea who's who. So just send me a message. I'll answer right away. Okay, cool. And definitely be seeing you in September, right? At our uh, Sell and Scale Summit. I'm super excited for Sell and Scale. So uh, that's going to be another amazing event where where it's going to feel like vacation, uh, you know, uh, just to be around uh, so many cool people. And I know that the I'm very excited to hear Gary V speak. That's going to be super, super cool. So, yeah, very excited. All right, guys. So if you want to get tickets to that, uh, meet Mina in person and, and see Gary V in person, h10.me forward slash S3. All right, Mina, thanks a lot for coming on. And in about a year, uh, let, let's bring you back and let, let's see what's going on uh, You know, in your life and, and in your, your brand's life. It's, it's really been great to see you grow in the industry. And, and it's so awesome that you're you know willing to share your knowledge with, with everybody. So we really appreciate that. Awesome. Thank you for having me and happy to help. Take it easy.